Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Monday, November 18th, presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host, John DeShazer. And on today's show, we have Saints Hall of Famer Bobby Bear joining us after a Saints victory. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, boy, I was really impressed how the Saints bounced back, uh, you know, considering how you know, they laid an egg against the Falcons. And, you know, we didn't have all hands on deck. And, boy, you just have to be proud of the whole secondary and, you um, I mean, uh, how about uh, next man up? How about Easton? You know, earning that money. Boy, that's an uh, insurance <laughs> policy that we, we cashed in. And, boy, got it done. Very similar to Bridgewater. You know, yeah. you're paying a player millions of dollars. Is, and then you never want to have to cash in maybe that insurance policy. And, boy, Bridgewater and Easton really came up big. Now, we need Easton to do it uh, for about a month, a month and a half, you know, with Pete being out. But I was really encouraged by that. You know, Bob, Bob, when you see this team and, and you've seen them win different types of ways and then you see the Falcons game and it's like, okay, you know, do you almost look at that as a one-off because then they bounce back the next week and again win in a different type of way? 37 minutes of possession, but only like 323 yards. Uh, they don't throw it all around the field and yet they're able to, to essentially control the ball and in a lot of ways kind of dominate the line of scrimmage even though the, the yardage numbers didn't suggest that. Well, uh, we have the right people in the locker room, the right leaders. Uh, we have a good mix of uh, young players and uh, seasoned veterans. And, no, I, I would be shocked if we, you know, have kind of, uh, you know, a two or three uh, game losing streak where uh, we can't rebound, especially right now. But uh, it didn't really matter when you look at the yardage and all that. Uh, I thought I always pay attention to this. And, uh, you know, the PR department, with the Saints, they give this to the media. And this is total domination, and it was a trifecta that uh, didn't matter if the offense turns it over. But when they, the defense has been able to turn over or force three-plus turnovers, uh, 33 wins and six losses under Sean Tate. Wow. And then you look at another one when they allow 20 or fewer points, 77 wins, eight losses. And then when they commit, commit zero turnovers, 42 wins, five losses. Yeah. So that is just shows you the domination under Sean Payton. So when I always look at that, okay, are we protecting the football? And we finally, uh, you know, uh, the interception speaks for itself. And we, we, we were, we were all, all excited because we got the bad Jameis Winston. And then just our scoring defense. Uh, you know, that's been utmost uh, what I've been impressed with and how, how we can – the games we play, we set the tone. And uh, obviously you look at the time possession, uh, top five in the NFL. And when we do that, it's hard-pressed to beat the Saints. You mentioned the bad Jamison, and you played on some really, really great defensive teams for the Saints. Did it almost get into a feeding frenzy? You've seen that happen before where the defense, you know, they make one big play, they get that turnover in the first quarter, at the end of the first quarter, and all of a sudden guys' eyes get a little bit wide and it's like, okay, we can really, really take advantage of this. You've seen that before. Did that seem to happen yesterday? Yeah, uh, it just snowball effect. And, um, uh, like I said, Jameis has been throughout his career, he's been on that roller coaster uh, up and down. Uh, he can have the yardage, but he still uh, will, will make those critical, crucial mistakes to cost his team. I don't know what Tampa Bay's plans are uh, long-term for Jameis, but um, to me, you cannot rely upon him as far as that consistency uh, where you see him play at an unbelievable high level of safe for a month. You might see a game where, as good as anyone, uh, but then he'll cost you um, maybe, uh, you know, two games in a row. 
He did that earlier, I want to say, uh, J.D., off the top of my head. I think he threw, like, I want to say maybe three picks against uh, Carolina earlier. Yeah, I believe it, it was. Even, yeah. It might even have been more. Yeah, I think it was more, and a couple of them were pick sixes. Yeah, yeah. So, that, see, that that's uh, – and then you look at Mike Evans and you look at Chris Godwin. Uh, that's, that's also was so impressive. I think uh, that they're the best duo receivers. You look how they've uh, produced this year, and uh, and boy, but that's a un- to me, I, I was totally shocked uh, uh, without having Lattimore in there. How we shut down those two guys? I mean, we didn't you know completely shut them out, but but I'd call it a shutout considering their skill set and how good they are. What we're able uh, to do to them uh, in the game yesterday. Do you think that was a confidence boost for the Saints secondary? I mean, you talked about it briefly in the beginning of the show, but you have four guys with interceptions for the Saints defense, and you just mentioned without Marshawn Lattimore, that has to be a big confidence boost for those guys. Well, without a doubt, I think especially, uh, you know, you're going to have adversity as a defensive back uh, like P.J. Williams. Uh, that speaks uh, volumes for what he did. Finally, uh, Von Bell. Uh, getting that first interception in his career because he's made plays all over the field. Yeah. And we kind of, uh, you know, we expect this uh, from, from Marcus Williams. You know, uh, ever since that Super Bowl run, uh, you know, going back to, you know, Darren Sharp on the back end, we were looking for that guy, and that's when we, how we drafted Marcus Williams. We thought Jarris Bird was going to be the guy. And he yeah. did it in the Bills uniform, but not in the Saints uniform. Yeah, don't don't mention just, that name. Uh, don't mention that name around here, Bob. <laughs> well, well, no. Uh, all I'm going by is on the field. Oh yeah, that's I'm just going by what he did. When you have, uh, come on, you have seven uh, defensive touchdowns, or oh yeah, uh, you know, special teams. You're going to win those games, and yeah. that's what, you know. This could help us. All of a sudden, uh, it's a feeding frenzy, and. And now we may be getting uh, two or three uh, more takeaways a game. Yeah, Looking at Kiko Alonso yesterday, now he, he had been out on the field, but he had made plays like that. Is that kind of the epitome of a guy getting comfortable and, and the coaches figuring out what he does well and getting him into positions where he can do what he does well? Well, I, I, I thought it was his best game so far in, uh, in the Saints uniform and Look, he put up uh, – he's a tackling machine. He put up the unbelievable numbers with the Dolphins. So, yeah, he's kind of uh, getting in the groove with the team. And, uh, hey, uh, I tell you what, uh, we, we have so much depth. you got to give Mickey Loomis and the whole organization, Scott and the department, a lot of credit. It, it's amazing the depth that the Saints have. And, uh, you know, you have, you're going to have injuries. You know, every NFL team, that's why no excuse. But yeah. that's just a perfect example, the, the right trade, right time. And, you know, we count on Alex Hazeloni. He can't play, but uh, come on. We have not missed a beat, I don't think, with uh, Alonzo in there. You know, when you saw Jared Cook's touchdown, Bob, did you look and say, okay, that's why the Saints got him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, to be that red zone target, and um, it's almost like an alley-oop or rebound-type pass play. Uh, now, Drew has to put in a certain uh, place, but Jared yeah. Cook got to go up and get it. And, and I think – that he's another one that uh, I'm looking for him to have a strong uh, finish to the season. That, you know, I'm really encouraged where he's at. And, you know, we expected this from the get-go. But, hey, you got to move forward. And, and I'm expecting him uh, to have the type games, maybe even a couple more receptions uh, going forward uh, per game. You know, Bob, did you have a target like that? We know Eric Martin was your guy, but, you know, he didn't have hops like that. We, we know he didn't have those kinds of hops now. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. Er- 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 Eric would, uh, would run over you. Uh, Eric Martin could run 
He's the only receiver I ever played with uh, that told me, you know how when you have two safeties high and one kicks down like the robber or a pirate yeah. and look at anybody crossing, uh, you know, coming across the middle? He's the only receiver that ever told me, oh, don't worry about that guy. Throw it in there. I'm going to run him over. And, uh, <laughs> I can so believe he, that, Woody. <laughs> and, and he's talking about – and I'm talking about going against Ronnie Lott. Uh, mm. This ain't just any, anyone. He, was, he wasn't afraid of everyone. His hands are so strong. Even though he had inside technique on a slant route, uh, he still can get inside and win. And uh, you know, I, I played with some great ones. Uh, I played with Mark Super Duper in college, and uh, you mentioned Eric Martin. Uh, I played with Andre Risen, Bad Moon Risen. So I, I was fortunate to play, uh, you know, with some great receivers. But as far as tight ends, um, they were, I'd say, the blocking tight end type. You know, we yeah. had Hobie Brenner. Yeah. And uh, John Tice, Hobie Brenner, you know, All-American from USC. Yeah. And then John Tice is actually my roommate at the University of Maryland. You know, you remember his brother Mike uh, ended up being a head coach in the NFL with the Vikings. But we, we didn't have those uh, Jimmy Graham, uh, Jerry Cook guys <laughs> tied in. Uh, under, under Coach Barr, they had to uh, be able to run block first and then in zone coverage just sit in the zone. Don't worry about the yak, just uh, sit in the zone and make the catch. And they would do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one thing. They had good hands, even though they weren't uh, fast or, you know, can do alley-oop type plays. Yeah. Bobby, we're going to get into the Panthers game later this week on the show, but what did you think about that Panthers-Falcons game? I mean, the Falcons just kind of surprising both teams last week and this week with that big win over the Panthers. Well, it, it just goes to show you the division. And, and I really think when we played the Falcons, they wasn't a 1-17. Mm. Uh, right now they're 3-7. and seven, uh, I think they're five and five. They're basically a 500 team. Uh, you have to come to play, and um, again, you got to protect the football. Uh, look, uh, now Drew protected it, but look at Kyle Allen. What he had like four picks. He was yeah. sacked five times. Yeah, that was uh, the yeah, worst that, game that, of his little short career so far. Right, right. So, uh, you know, I look at Carolina five and five. I truly think uh, that's about right. Uh, you look at uh, what Allen now. Hopefully, he throws us. If he's now thrown nine interceptions the past four games, so he might throw us a few. But you know, I think even uh, right there now, Saints fans might get mad at, my, uh, mad at me about this, but I think he's right out there. It's like one and one a, however you want to put him, and he's up for MVP. And they can, and, and I, I can't believe how tough he is to Christian McCaffrey. Oh yeah, Christian McCaffrey is a flat out stud. I mean, he. he I mean, I'll tell you what, Alvin Kamara's great, but Christian McCaffrey's great, too. And I'm looking in the losing effort. He had, uh, what, 191 yards from scrimmage. So yeah. I've been impressed with him because I thought they couldn't maybe pound him and give him the ball that much that he'd be too beat up. So the Saints, I know, are aware of that as far as containing Christian McCaffrey and, and not let him, you know, go crazy on you come next Sunday. All right, Bobby, well, we appreciate you joining us on the show today, of course, for a winning podcast. Uh, we appreciate you, and good luck the rest of the week with your shows. All right, uh, talk to you all later. Who that? All right, thanks, Bob. Today's show was brought to you by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. With SeatGeek, though, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek 
with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. All right, thanks to Bobby Abear for joining us on the winning episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Again, the New Orleans Saints defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday, 34-17, to four interceptions for the Saints defense. Drew Brees throwing 28 of 35 passes for 228 yards and three touchdowns. A phenomenal performance from the Saints yesterday. Happy to have them back home this upcoming Sunday. We'll get into more Panthers talk going into this week on the Wednesday and Friday edition of the show. But for the Monday episode, that will do it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk again later this week.